Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, we're going to continue with our, our series. It's a little bit different than last week, but it's in a way, so it's a, we'll continue with our series uh, during this time. Last week, we started the series and we said that, is it okay to be spiritually confident and bold? And confidence, we said, was basically we wanted to be, to trust and have full assurance when we are sharing with someone. And boldness was a freedom of frankness uh, when we uh, do share publicly, publicly with someone. And uh, you remember the, the disciples, when they were threatened, they prayed together and asked God, would he give them boldness to speak about him? As he did miracles and, and uh, the signs and wonders following the messages that they spoke. But they needed boldness. And so we do also. And this whole series was uh, titled Preparing. We wanted to prepare to be aggressive. Not just uh, bold, but be aggressive. Uh, And we don't want to be aggressive towards people, but we want to be aggressive in the spiritual realm. And, of course, everything I was talking about was spiritual. So we were talking about spiritual confidence, spiritual boldness, and then spiritual aggression. And we want to be spiritually um, aggressive towards the enemy, who is Satan. And we still want to practice that. And so today's message is entitled, Does Christmas Help Us? Does Christmas help us to be confident, to be bold, to be forceful, which is aggression? Does does Christmas really help us, really? Or does it really hinder us? Well, Christmas helps us. Emphatically, it helps us. So, uh, it's a time of year where we can put some more things in our arsenal to attack the enemy. Christmas is a great time, a great uh, occasion to gather things that we can fight the enemy with. Because he's not going to relent just because it's, because it's Christmas. And I asked God, I said, God, don't let me say Easter. And <laughs> because that's, that's what I was thinking about so much because of it's a part of the message also. But anyway, uh, Christmas is a great time. A great time. So great. Let's think of Four things that really, without celebrating Christmas and the reason for Christmas, these four things will come into effect. 
One is that no one can have spiritual confidence, boldness, or aggression without the reason for Christmas, which is Jesus Christ. We can have physical, natural, we can, we can have boldness and confidence and aggression in the natural. People have that anyway, but not spiritual. Number two is that we have no hope for the future. No joy, no peace, no light, really. Because all of that is in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. Our joy is in Jesus. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The peace is in peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Light is in Jesus. There is no darkness in him. None whatsoever. He's the light of the world. And without him, on that day, it's going to be total darkness, total darkness, if we're not with him. Total darkness. And another thing is that we are dead in our sins. Without Jesus. And we'll die in our sins without Jesus. And dying in our sins, that means we'll face judgment on that day in our sins. So that means that it's terrible if you don't have Christmas. It's terrible. And we don't have to be concerned about that because we celebrate Christmas. And we celebrate Christmas for many reasons. But I want to concentrate on Christmas being the reason for, people say, the season, which is Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. So let's go over four things today that really is so great about Christmas. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Let's go there. Verse 10 and 11. It says, if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, because when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the body doesn't get born again, but our spirit becomes alive. And without Jesus, the spirit is dead. So, even though the body is dead because of sin, it says, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. And we know our righteousness is in Christ. 
But what about this body of ours? But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So our, our bodies are going to become different. Our bodies will be new bodies. We don't have to be concerned about this old body. Regardless of how this body is, now it might be have a little age on it. It might be have some pains in it. Might be a little bit hard to jump and run and dunk a basketball if you ever could do it anyway. I couldn't, but uh, if you ever could, uh, as you get more age on this body, you lose some of your abilities. But we have a new one. We have a new one. And the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, he's going to raise us up too. And we thank God that also he's given us uh, another comforter, which is just the same word means just like Jesus. And he lives in us. So Emmanuel, God with us, he is in us. And he will guide us and lead us into all truth and all the things that that the Holy Spirit does. But he's also going to raise his body up. So that's a great, that's great, that's great. So I thank God for the reason we are celebrating Christmas. Now I know that Christmas is about uh, a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You just think about our, uh, our grocery stores. We thank God for our grocery stores. But, you know, our grocery stores and people, merchants, a lot of merchants, uh, don't celebrate Christmas for Jesus Christ's sake. They are so happy when Christmas comes because that's the time of year that people buy gifts for everybody just about. They, they, they buy gifts, they buy gifts, they love gifts and things like that. And the merchants love Christmas. Because of gifts that they have purchased from them. And people buy more food and things like that. Other people like Christmas because of other, other reasons. They get the chance to ask for gifts and things like that. And especially children, they love Christmas. Uh, I'm trying to really express the reason, true reason for this season is the birth of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Regardless of whether uh, I'm able to get a gift, able to buy a gift, or how this body feels, or anything else, we can rejoice because Jesus 
is the reason for this season. She really is. So, the first reason that I want to discuss and share is that when Jesus came, he broke down the dividing wall between God and man. Because we know that sin was in the world because of Adam, Adam's sin. And we know that man was separated from God because of his disobedience and partaking from the tree that bear fruit that he said don't eat. But he did eat. And so man was separated from God. How was he ever going to get back? That fellowship. Well, the first thing is that we celebrate, to me, is because Jesus came and he broke down that barrier, that wall, and we now can have fellowship with God. Again, true fellowship. Where there's no sin between us because Jesus Christ died while sin. So it's as if we had not sinned because Jesus redeemed us. And I'm so excited about that. So that's the first thing. that he broke down this, this dividing wall and brought man back to, to him. Let's look in Matthew chapter 26, 27. Matthew 27, uh, verse 50 and 51. It says that, and Jesus cried out again, the first time is asking why God forsaken. And this time, he cried out aloud with a loud voice and yielding up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. Now that was a, that's a miracle. Nobody touched it. Nobody got up there with a knife or sword and, and cut it. God did it. From top to bottom, and the earth shook. And the rocks split. It was it was a lot of stuff going on. People uh, uh, that was dead was, was was came out of the grave, and people saw them and all those types of things. It was a lot going on when 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 Jesus said, "It is finished." <laughs> oh, it's a lot went on. And I'm so thankful that this veil of the temple 
was split in two because, because it separated the, the holy place from the holy of holies. So now the high priest, he's not the one that we look to in the flesh, a flesh the high priest to go in to the holy of holies once a year to redeem the, uh, to pray for the sins and put blood uh, uh, on, on the things for, for our sins. No, 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 no. Now, man, we can freely, boldly go into the throne of grace in the Holy of Holies and meet with God ourselves. We don't need anybody to do it because the, the veil was broken. And so we were restored. And it's not because of any goodness on our part. It's not because of any uh, sinlessness on our part. It's only because of the sinlessness of Jesus Christ and the price that he paid. Because it had to be all God. It, cannot, it could not have been any good person. Because the scripture says there is none good. No, not one. So, a human being that was born from the lineage of Adam and Eve, they could not go in because everybody that was born was born of sin. And so, no human being could go in. It had to be God. But it also had to be all man because he had to be just like his brother. So, he had to have flesh. For more reasons than that, too. He had to have flesh because we had flesh and we have flesh. And he was tempted in all cases like we are yet without sin. And we know that during the time that we'll celebrate later on in the year, of, of, uh, we'll celebrate Easter. Good Friday, and all those type of things, and that's when, of course, he was crucified. So, those things are coming to place to play also, but nobody can die for anybody unless they're born. You can't die if you're not born. If you're not. Uh, so, how can Christ pay the price for our sins if he was never born? And so, therefore, we celebrate Christmas because we are celebrating the birth of our Savior. So, he had to, we have to have some, we have to have Easter, we have to have Christmas, we have to have it. The day we celebrate it, we have to have it. Number two is that because of Christmas, because of the price that was paid by the birth of our Savior, when he came, he made only one way, one way. Back to the Father. 
Yes, he did. Uh, by coming, he did break down the wall of petition and that we could go into the Holy of Holies without anybody going in for us. But there's only one way. Let's look in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6. And it says, Jesus said to him, talking about Thomas, in the verse above that, he's talking about Thomas. I am the way. Because Jesus told me, you can't, you can't, um, you're not going now, but you know the way. And Thomas said, well, uh, well how are we going to follow you? We don't know the way. We don't know where you're going. And Jesus said, I am the way. I am, he said. And the truth and the life. Then he makes this statement. No one comes to the Father but through me. So that means that I don't care whether you're a Jew. I don't care whether you're Gentile. I don't care what your, what your ethnicity is. I don't care what part of the country you're from. I don't care how much um, anything you have, how great you are. Nobody can come to the Father except through Jesus. That's why we celebrate Christmas as a, as a day we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. Because there's no other way. How are we going to get back to the Father? Who's going to break down the, the wall of petition? Who is going to uh, uh, get us back into fellowship that Adam lost? Who is going to do that if it were not for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus? Number three, we celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior, because he demonstrates to us his great love for us. My goodness gracious. What a demonstration. What a demonstration. Let's look in, in, in Ephesians. Let's, uh, let's stay there for the rest of the message in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, let's go there. Verse 1, we'll start there. And we might go through the 16th verse, but I don't know whether we do that or not. It says in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. We were. We were. Everybody that was born was born in the trespasses and sins. It's not that uh, some people weren't, some people were, some people sinned more than others. No, it was none of that. It's just that we were born in sin because of the disobedience of Adam. So it says, in which you formerly, see, formerly 
walked and walked is, is lived. According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, we're talking about demonic forces and, and Satan and, and all his demons. So we walked, we used to walk according to the world system. Whatever the world says is good, that's what we did. And according to uh, what Satan and his demons tried to influence us to do, we walked that way at one time. Of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. And it's talking about now unsaved, anybody who's unsaved, which we were all in that way one time. We used to do that. So he's trying to tell us, hey, don't, don't think you're, you're something because you gave your life to Christ. At one time, you, you were just like everybody else. But thank God for people praying for us. Thank God for people uh, living a life before us that we were enticed to say, I, I, I want to know this Jesus that you're talking about. says in verse 3, among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, because we were unsaved, so we were under the wrath of God. We were, if we die in the sins, then you, you're going you're gonna to have to uh, be separated from God forever and unfortunately you have to go to a place that was not meant for people it was meant for demons and the devil uh, and the fallen angels it was not meant for for people but if we don't receive Jesus Christ as saying we're under the wrath of God uh, and we'll, we won't be with him so even as the rest verse 4 but God there's some sweet words, <laughs> but but God, being rich in mercy, he, you know, it's, it's being shared with us here to the church, this church at Ephesus, but he's sharing to us, but God being rich in mercy. So we know God is merciful. How merciful is God? He's rich in mercy, right? How rich is rich? When you think about it, how rich is rich? Can you be rich, 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 rich? We have some people who are rich, 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 rich with, with money. But no one, rich has to be compared to really what's the standard. The standard is God. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the silver. He owns the gold. He owns everybody, everything in the world. He owns everything. You can't get richer than God. You really can't. The streets of heaven is what? Gold. Wow. And when he says that, but God being, meaning God, he is rich in mercy. There is no one more merciful than God. 
God is merciful. And we'll celebrate Christmas because of the birth of our Savior who is rich in mercy. It said, because of his great love, how great is love? When you say, how great is his love? If you tell your mate, I love you, and your mate says, how much? (laughs) You say, well, what you want? Great love with which he loved us. That is something I can't comprehend. I don't think anybody can comprehend it. But we know that it says in the verse following, that he was rich in his love, in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. So we have someone dead in their trespasses, which we all were, in our sins, no hope whatsoever of being in light, in heaven, in uh, where you don't even need need the sun when we get to heaven. Everything is going to be so beautiful. No aches, no pains, no 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 one mean. Don't have to uh, do anything uh, to uh, deserve anything because he just his just great love that he's lavishing on us. And on the opposite end, you have Satan, who he's the epitome of. Darkness, hate, and it says that God loved us when we didn't love him really in another place. And so we were in our transgressions, we were dead in our sins, and he made us alive together with Christ. That's what he did. Because another scripture says that No one, no one can come to Christ unless they're drawn. Unless they're drawn. So you can't get to God, the Father, except through Christ. And you can't get to Christ unless you're drawn by the Father. And He's saying that I loved you so much when you were unlovable. You had no hope, had no future. I showed my love towards you because I made you alive. Your spirit became alive with Christ. Then in parentheses it has, by grace, by grace, and grace is, Nothing that you earn. You cannot earn grace. You can't be good enough. You can't say, well, I obeyed all the law. 
I kept the Ten Commandments. I kept all the other uh, hundreds of commands he gave. I kept all that. So I deserve. No, you don't deserve anything because nobody can keep any commandments. He already shows that in the Old Testament. And it says that, uh, and, and also in the New Testament. Because we don't have a two we have to obey now. Love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength, and love others as he has loved us. And we know we fail. Because we don't love others like he loves us because he died for us. And it might be a good man might, perhaps might die for somebody. But who's going to die for a sinner who hates them? So he's saying that, no, the only way you're going to come to Christ is by grace. That's what he's saying. In verse 6 it says, And raised us up with him and seated us. He seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. I said, wow. Now he did all that for us now. He did all that for us. He saved us. He seated us with Christ in heavenly places. Then it says that, verse 7, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Wow. He says, for, in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So we have to have some faith. And you say, well, I have faith. And you don't have to, let me tell you, none of us have saving faith. None of us have faith, saving faith. And we don't have saving faith unless God gives it to you. We can't stand before God and and say nothing. We can't say a thing that we did. All we can do is fall on our face before God and say, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you. I did nothing. I deserve hell, but you gave me heaven. Thank you. He says, And that not of yourselves, for it is a gift of God. And this is a season for giving gifts. What greater gift can someone who loves you give you than to give you eternal life with him forever and ever and ever and ever? Because it'll never end. It'll never end. And unfortunately, it's, it's not going to end for anyone who doesn't accept Jesus Christ. Because in the other place of darkness and heat, it's going to be forever and ever and ever and ever also. So as much as I like warm weather. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to be there. 
I don't want to be there. And I'm so thankful that by grace, I was saved. Only by grace. I did not deserve it. He says that in verse 9, not as a result of works, so we can do nothing, so that no one may boast. Not a single person is going to be able to boast about anything. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we, once we're born again, we're supposed to be doing the works which he ordained that we should do. Which God prepared beforehand so that we will walk in them. Therefore, remember the former, formerly you, the Gentiles, in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at at that time separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. That's how we all were without Christ, all the Gentiles. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Thank you for the blood. For he himself is our peace. He's the prince of peace. Who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. So that means that he brought, it goes on to say, he brought the two groups together, the Jews and the Gentiles. He broke down that wall also, Jesus did, because it's only, we can only come one way. So there's no need to, for the Jews to say, well, we keep the commandments. No. Or we try to keep it. No. If you don't keep all of them, that means that you broke them all. So that means that you still got to pay the price for your sin. And so Jesus Christ, he broke down that dividing wall and we all now are God's people. We all are. Because it says in the scripture that if you be Christ's, if you be Christ Christ's, you are Abraham's seed and heir to the promise. It says that. So that means that we are the same. They are the same. We're the same. Everybody got to come the same way through Jesus. So I said, okay, praise God. I don't have to worry about uh, being a Jew because it's not a Jew. It's not a Jew who's Jew in the flesh anyway. So uh, I can be who I am because I wasn't born a Jew. And I'm still 
God properly because Jesus Christ redeemed me and he redeemed you. The last one is because of why we celebrate Christmas, I mean Easter. Why we're celebrating, uh, no, no, why we're celebrating Christmas <laughs> is because of Jesus Christ. And it says that, uh, my last point, it says that he was born the perfect sacrifice. That's what I wrote down. He was born the perfect sacrifice. So, hence the Christmas story. We all talk about, you know, Jesus. Uh, and when you read the Christmas story about Mary, uh, she was a virgin. And uh, the angel came to her. And all the good, good things that we, we say to our children and we read about and see pictures of sometimes, uh, movies of, that uh, he was born the perfect sacrifice. And if he were not born the perfect sacrifice, he would not have been the perfect sacrifice, and that means we'll still be in our sins. But also, we can't, we can't, Concentrate on Christmas without thinking of Easter or Good Friday. Because if suppose, let's say suppose, Jesus came in the flesh and did all he did when he was born, which we're celebrating for, for now, for this season, which is uh, we're celebrating uh, Christmas. Suppose he never died. Suppose he'll still be living and walking around in the flesh. Where would that leave us? Because there can, it's just like in the Old Testament was type and shadow of, of now. What would happen if they didn't, didn't kill the sacrifice and put the blood over the lentils and things when they were bringing them out of Egypt or whenever? You cannot be saved without the death of Jesus Christ. No one can. Blood had to be shed. And, and people not redeemed, in a way, everything had to be redeemed by blood just about. So therefore, uh, Jesus had to shed his blood. And that's why he also needed a body to be not only be like us, but he also, a body needed to die. A body needed to bleed. And he did. And that's why we have to keep in mind Easter when we are celebrating Christmas because he died the perfect sacrifice. He never sinned. And we're not celebrating Easter at this time, but you still have to keep it in mind because it takes blood. It takes a death. 
for the sins of the people. And so not only do we thank God for his birth this season, this Friday, but keep in mind that our great Lord and Savior who was born, he also had to die for our sins. And we thank God for that too. We want to receive communion. Um, but first I want to want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, and we thank you that we can come before you, talk to you, share our deepest hurts with you. And we thank you for the, not only the birth of our Savior, but the life that he lived. Because he lived a life, Lord, that shows us how you are. If we've seen Jesus, we've seen you. And Jesus was merciful. He was kind. The woman was caught in the act of very act of adultery. And he said, go your way and sin no more. He healed the sick. He loved the unlovable. And we thank you for that. And Father, we want to pray that all people who will listen to my voice, wherever they may be, because it'll be on our website. You can go to that and, and go to our Facebook page. And so there are people watching that are not saved. There are people that are listening that won't be saved. And we know that your great love that you loved us with and you love us and you love them who are hearing us not saved, we ask you to draw them to yourself. Draw them, Lord. Draw them, Jesus. Give them the faith to ask you to be their Lord and Savior. Because it says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just calling upon you, Lord, save my soul. It's what you're listening for and you want. So we're asking, Lord, that, that those who are listening and watching over different places, uh, that you save their soul, Lord. Save their soul, Lord. We ask you to forgive their sin. And you'll forgive them. They'll confess their sin. Just confess that they're sinners. Because of Adam's sin. 
and they want to be with you forever. They want you to be their Lord and Savior. We're asking those who are listening, hearing, seeing, all over, that they would do that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.